Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. John, you're making some real fun noise effects already right off the yeah, bat. Right? Like I feel like I'm getting like some real like He's ADR shit. Up. Like immediately. That is ADR for a living. People, Smash we have a watermelon. We're the Love of Cinema podcast. Anytime we... Wait, hold on. There's a gimmick in our show, which is that we have to try to keep it positive. So we love talking about movies. John, what, come on. We have to try to keep it positive, though. That's our goal on this show, to have some fun talking about movies. Anytime we say anything negative at all about each other, life, Florida, you're going to hear this sound. It's going to happen a lot. And that means we'd have to take a drink. And we actually hope that you at home drink along with us. So, pour yourself a glass and stand by to get the most fucking earworm you've ever got by a theme song. <laughs> Here's our pre-show shot, people. Pre-show shot. Uh, so, it's funny. The pre-show shot is for... Um, <laughs> Jesus, John. <laughs> that one hit John. So, we try to do the pre-show shot to get us drinking at the beginning of the episode because this is a little bit of a drinking game. But we usually only do one episode a day nowadays so that... You know, we want to get a little, we want to get a little loose right off the bat. But we already recorded an episode today. Yeah. We so just this is gonna get real. <laughs> this is gonna get very real. We were just recording an episode in our new series called "What Did They Make Before This Movie?" Dave, what is it called? Yeah, that's that's the wordy version. <laughs> Jesus, Jeff. What else have they done? <laughs> our director series, <laughs> or Jeff's version. What the fuck have you done? <laughs> that's right. Our director series on uh, anyway. It's Bong Joon Ho's movie from two thousand three. It's fucking awesome. It's called. <laughs> it's wait, 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 don't help him. Don't help him. Don't help him. What, what's it it's, called? It's what called, do you think it's called? <laughs> I want to say me- meanings of a murder, but it's only um, only murders in this rice paddy. Only murders in the <laughs> um making a murder. No, it's called uh, memories of murder. Memories of murder. Boom! It's on Hulu right now. Third times a charm, dude. I hope none of my uh, child boy students are listening to this podcast right now. People, we are talking today. <laughs> As part of our should have seen it by now, episode, our series, Ugh. The Great Escape. We're talking about The Great, Great Escape. Escape. 1963, John Sturgis, Steve McQueen. You know it. You've heard about it. You watched 30 Rock. Thank you, John, for sharing that clip to us recently. Great Escape. This, We're going to be one, talking about it. This was actually a requested one um, by uh, Lloyd, uh, who requested this. He actually put it in the um, in the should have seen it by now. It was miscategorized. He literally just wanted us to watch the damn film. But... As it turns out, Jeff, you hadn't seen it, and Correct. I have never seen the end of it. Ooh. Yeah. I realized I'd only seen three quarters of this damn film because when I first saw it, I was really young, and I just wandered off because I didn't get it. And this time I stuck with it. So for, baby, it. Nice. Oh. for baby for baby Dave. Yeah, wandering baby, baby wandering Dave. off. Baby Dave gets a beer. Wandering off into the, the outback of Australia. Went on his little walkabout. He wandered off and went... <laughs> Anytime, just, it's just gonna happen. It's gonna keep happening. Who's just looking for <sighs> spiders the size of pineapples? Yeah, people sit your fucking knifey spoony ass down. If you're new to this podcast, welcome so much. Please, I know, I know, everybody says this and it's annoying, but like, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. Dave set up a link tree. We're very easy to contact. For new movies, we try to keep it spoiler free. For old movies, we kind of try, but we fail very miserably. But we try to keep it spoiler free yeah, for the beginning, not, just so you can know what movie. our our initial takeaways are what we thought, what we felt about the movie, as opposed to us trying to explain why something worked or didn't to actually give you a, a, our visceral experience as best as we can. 
with a little bit of alcohol to help, you know, soothe the palate. Um, we have a couple sponsors. George's answering his emails right now. John, <laughs> they can hear that. They can hear it. We can't. Dave is our uh, engineer as well. He's an Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Johnson Film School, but Dave is very horns, motherfucker. <laughs> Dave's very professional, and his um, he can do a lot, but he can't get those types out of this fucking. Well, John, cool, we have... I'm just not gonna researching. Oh, research. wait too much I want to make sure I know what I'm. What our I'm sponsor? You want to look up our sponsors? Carlos Barroso. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't spike the mic, sponsor. all right? <laughs> See. Barroso.beer, C-B-A-R-R-O-Z-O.beer at Instagram. You can follow him, all the fun beer news and antics. Check him out. Carlos, give us some more beer. Send some to Los Angeles, please. And uh, Dasein is our music artist in residence. Wait, isn't that trafficking? D-A-S-E-I-N. Dave, you can't make it. You can't make it. Yeah, yeah, you sure. can't make a trafficking joke right now. This is not the time. Oh, uh, come on. Kidding? I took Dasein, you know the guy in Canada. Makes music. Dasein. Okay, cool. What happened with Canada and tracking trafficking? Not Canada. I, uh, um, I, I had a guy in my hotel room, like uh, next to me, when I was up there room. in the snowfields. Wait, wait, hold on. You had a guy in your hotel room? Okay, well, one, but I was young <laughs> and I needed to work. But uh, apart from that, I was <laughs> I was staying up in Canada in the snowfields. It's fine if that's your story. John I just asked. know that's not Dave's story. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. So staying up in the Canada snowfields, oh uh, this was when I, I went up uh, to Canada briefly um when i was living with you guys and the guy oh, yeah the guy in the room next to me like i had the place to myself for a while it was just me and the snow it was kind of like I the shining. That. thanks for still and, paying uh, rent by the way it was great yeah and uh this guy moved into the apartment next to me and immediately started having this enormous fucking fight with the woman that he'd like gone in there with and i'm like this is ridiculous so i called security nothing happened the fight went on like the security came down and they're like no 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 we're just uh, we're just watching the tv nothing's happened and then they just kept going kept going kept going so i called them again oh, we're watching the tv as if there's cameras in, in the they, room no they're watching the tv and the, the fight was on the tv apparently that's what that that was the excuse they gave and uh so in the end i'm like I called security. I'm like, dude, you need to get down here. Like they're having the mother of all domestics in the room next to me. I don't know what's going on there, but I don't think it's safe for her. And so they came down and the guy who came down, I don't know who came down, but it was just like killer security guard walked in, just went knock, knock, knock. Oh, I heard you have some trouble in here. Hey, eh? and walked through the door. He just walked in their apartment. I'm like, yes, finally. Next thing I know, four cops have turned up and they're asking this guy for ID and he's given them some ID and they went out and they ran it and they came back. And, all right. They came back and went, okay, this is not you. Have you got an ID that's you? Oh, my God, And I'm like, Dave. oh, shit. Like, I'm, I'm glued to the fucking peephole watching this through the peephole. The, the peephole? And, and uh, wow. yeah, they get a little door thing. Yeah. And uh, anyway, they, basically, it came to the point where the cops got jack of it. They're like, you know, we're going to take you to the station. You're under arrest. We're going to take you to the station. We'll fingerprint you. We'll ID you that way. And they put him in the car and they took him. Dave, Australian, and, American, and Canadian like, hero. Well, I, it, the funny thing, I went up to the like the rec center the next morning, and I, I made friends with the the woman who ran like the reception part. And I'm like, oh, I guess you heard about the night you had I had last night. And she's like, oh, sweetie, everybody heard about the night you had last night. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, that guy, they've been looking for him for two years for human trafficking. You know, you and did I, tell us this, and I took did, the motherfucker dude. down in the snowfields of Canada. <laughs> you know what, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> for, for bringing this is as much of a tribute as we could possibly justice. have Dave, yes. I, I remember Dude, you telling us the story crazy. i'm so sorry for forgetting it it was seemed more elaborate right now and full of full of vigor 
bit. Canada, oh dude, that's your short film, dude. That's your next short film right, right there. Man. That's fucking good. Dave, you could definitely do that low budget. Get a shitty hotel and be like, can yeah. I just film here it's for 24 hours? Window, it's rear window with no window and just we, Yeah, with no other apartments. Yeah, yeah. just someone shouting next door. I mean, it was a little longer. It was a little longer than that. It went over over like a day and a half, but like, because I got real vindictive the next morning when like after the shouting stopped, finally, I got up at like 7 a.m. and started banging pots and shit. But yeah, it was in the end, the guy got arrested and taken away. And yeah. Yeah. I love this hotel that just has pots that you can bang ready to go. Yeah, it had a full kitchenette, dude. It's a great place. Full kitchenette. I love a full kitchenette. Did you say the El Royale? Um, (laughs) It was not the El Royale. It felt like it, but it wasn't. Guys, speaking of uh, human trafficking, that's sort of what um, prisoner transfer is in World War II, if I might uh, segue back to The Great Escape. Thank you, Dave, for your story. But before we really <laughs> dive into this fantastic film that I really hope you're all ready to get into, we, we do our gripes of the week here so we can just get the shit out that we want to talk about at the beginning of the episode. I'm glad I skipped we- the timer for my story. <laughs> yeah, no, you, no your t- that was deserving of a no-timer story. So Dave doesn't have any gripes. John, do you have a gripe? I'm really excited to hear your gripe. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all, all right. I got. So I do have a gripe. So we're going to set the timer. the timer now. This is our gripe of the week. Guys, stop with the one name movie titles. I'm no more one name, no more one word movie titles. I'm really sick of it. We got off. No, no, no. Stop. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm going. We got off to a really good start. We had Rashomon. We had Godzilla. We had Jaws. We had Patton, Halloween, Dracula, Serpico, Cinderella, Pinocchio, Scarface. Really good one-word movie titles. Somewhere along the way, it went fucking crazy. Now, this is becoming... This is a problem now, because right now we have Amsterdam coming out. Amsterdam. Now, when I think of Amsterdam, I think of weed biscuits and bike riding. But no, no, no. Now it's about this David O. Russell movie. Sorry. There's a crime there once in his movie, so it's called Amsterdam. You also have Babylon. Damien Chazelle's Odes of Golden Age Hollywood. Oh, wait, I thought he already had an O to Golden Age Hollywood. I guess maybe Babylon. Oh, all right, whatever. Babylon's the fucking movie you want. He's not finished. No, 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 no. <laughs> Pearl, the follow-up to X, fine. Okay, but let's take a look at some movies that we did recently. We did Breaking, a movie about a bank robbery. Does that have anything to do with Breaking? No. Barbarian. I loved Barbarian. We loved Barbarian. Little problem, though. What, what, who's the barbarian? I guess the main character is the barbarian. But if you did a test screening of Barbarian with 100 people with no title and you said, what's the name of this title? I'll give you three guesses each. And 300 guesses, nobody would have guessed that the title of the movie was Barbarian. Vengeance. They, they, they just want to have these like flashy titles. You have even, no- Even though the house was on Barbary Street. Stop. No, yeah, but they did that because that's what the title of the movie was. You have Nope, which is sort of a follow-up to Up, which is sort of the follow-up to Get Out, which was also the follow-up to the Dude, first a, movie. That, hey, stop. What's a follow-up to up if the fucking balloons eat people? Shh, shut up. <laughs> and then Jordan Peele also co-wrote Keanu. So he's written four movies with five words. So he just loves mm. the one-word movie title, right? So you have, I know this comes in a long legacy of one-name movie titles like, I don't know. Just thinking off the top of my head, Annie, Abduction, Annabelle, Admission, Adventureland, Airborne, Airheads, Aladdin, Aloha, Amadeus, Annie, Arthur, Arthur again, another Aladdin movie, another Annie, another Annie, Annie Live, Avatar, Babe. Oh, I'm on B now. I only have 25 letters to go. And in 2022 alone, just in 2022 alone, you have Prey, 
which is the prequel to Predator. That's great. That works out really well. Predator. The, what is the prequel to Predator? Prey. Chicken or the egg. I love it. What about Fresh? What about Happening? What about Lightyear? What about Playground? <laughs> Navalny. Bell. Benediction. Hustle. Cow. Emergency. Hellbender. Cyrano sort of came out this year. Hatchling. Hatching. Elvis. Kimmy. Vortex. Watcher. Bull. Pleasure. These all came out this year. There was a Scream sequel this year, and instead of being Scream 6, they just called it Scream again, because one word apparently works better. Stop with the one word movie titles. If you want a one word movie title, you have to submit it to at the love of podcast, at the love of cinema pod, at the love of cinema pod. And we'll tell you if you can get a one word movie podcast, because it seems like everybody's just trying to fuck with us. All right. Um, I, I, I got it, two like one word movies. Uh, I drink and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 60 characters or less, right? Like, <laughs> It is exactly, it's exactly what's happening to all the fucking writing, dude. Like, people are scared of anything that has too many words. I started coming up with a list. This, honestly, this, this rant started with Lincoln, where it's like, Lincoln, this is the defining movie about Lincoln. And it's really like six months of Lincoln's life. Now, I know, like, passing that bill and ending the Civil War is like a really meaningful part of Lincoln's life. But it's not all of Lincoln's life. But, and then Amsterdam, like, when I think of Amsterdam, I don't want to think of one movie. I want to think about the city where, you know, they have a red light district in Anne Frank's house. I don't want to just think about this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just a All bummer. I keep hearing when I hear that movie I, I, title I, is I also, Daniel Day-Lewis is Bill the Butcher saying, Amsterdam. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the only, I'm Amsterdam, still just thinking yeah. of another movie. <laughs> it's not even that movie. And, uh, this, and you, know what, you know what else, too, which, which did not age well is Brazil, which probably started, like, the naming of cities and countries. And, like, oh, the whole movie can just be called this. Brazil. Do you know, okay, Brazil stars Jonathan Price, Robert De Niro is made by Terry Gilliam. You know what's not in it? Anybody Brazilian. <laughs> and so I know that they go no. to Brazil, but it's kind of fucked up that it's basically like, all these white people went to Brazil once, so let's name the movie after Brazil. You know, you know what I mean? It's just like, anyway, I digress. Ted, Pearl, Annabelle, Lincoln, Amadeus, Morgan, Barbara, Fletch, Bullet, Jack, Rudy, Radio, Marty, Rebecca, Spartacus, Nell, Ollie. There's just, I'm just sick of it. I'm just totally sick of it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it in mind. Oh my god. You read it for the, you read it for so the, long I almost need to the pee. The conversation. Again. The <laughs> omen. The. the birds. <laughs> the crow. Just add a the and everything's great. Okay, what do you guys what do you guys want to talk about today? Midsummer. Uh, Midsummer is a great name. See, that's what all these other yeah. movies are are they bum out Midsommar because Midsummer would be like, is it Midsummer's Night's Dream? But Midsommar you know what, is what if he's gonna keep going, I'm gonna pee. Is he actually going to pee? Okay, do you want me to keep going? Yeah. Okay, great. So there's different, so there's the places one. There's <laughs> the names. The names are tricky. I understand. Annabelle's a great name for a movie. I get it. Pearl is a great name for a movie. John, do you have any Tiles thoughts about tough, this? Dude. Look, I have to, I'm, I'm victim of this too. I definitely have made two things with one word titles. There is something. Uh, yeah, but Tim Shell specific. Nobody's made a Tim Shell movie before. But then every now and then you, you see those titles where you're just like, um, uh, The Other Side of the Wind. Um, the, the wind that shakes the barley, and you're just like, I don't have the balls to like write a sentence like that for my. For you, my you need title the balls. You can't just say uh, vengeance because when I think of vengeance, I don't think of somebody making a podcast from New York going to Texas. Like I just, I just, I, it's it's not a bad title. It's just in the grand scheme Honestly, dude, of things. This, I don't think we I don't think we can say this enough with enough seriousness. I know we're, we're ranting, we're joking. We live in a world now where. You need a thumbnail image yeah, and a title that is viewable in that thumbnail to sell your entire movie to a, somebody who's fucking lazily sitting on the couch that's a little drunk, a little high, a little distracted by, by anything. And so you need something kinda, that's going to stick with them. It does make sense that they're, boom, I mean, like they want it to I mean, pop. Nope, makes total sense. Now, 
the and, and it's sort of about them saying no to this alien kind of thing and, and obviously there's aliens it's an allegory let alone but like it's it's clearly it's clearly evocative on purpose i actually think that's like satire on the one word movie title i actually think jordan peele nailed it where he's like oh God, he's still, that was my protest you were nice and you're still going yeah do you need to go again dave anything else we, we, should have have just waited. we should have just we should have just waited in dead air for, for him to get back it would have made it easier to cut <laughs> guys we're that's talking a good about- movie title Dead Air. Dead Air. See, the two, yes, it's specific. Dead is a bad movie title. Air is a bad movie title. Dead Air. We did it. Oh, my God. It's like, it's like, it's just so brilliant. You have no sense of anger. I have no sense of (laughs) anger. That's what she said. Okay, I got to move on. I can't, if any of my students are listening to this, I'm so screwed. They're listening to my Great Escape episode. Okay, um, people, we're talking about The Great Escape. This is directed by John Sturgis, who directed The Magnificent Seven. Yeah, we're talking about Great Escape, finally 16 minutes into the episode. (laughs) That's right. The Great Escape, directed The Magnificent Seven, Bad Day of Black Rock came up next. Uh, he also directed uh, The Old Man on the Sea. John oh. Sturgis, people. Steve Not McQueen. a single one-word title amongst them. You're right. No. Now, I will say, Steve McQueen, Bullet. But that Bullet's tricky. It's spelled differently. Yeah. It's very clever. It was, it was ahead of the time. I'm going to yeah. give that a pass. And it's 45 minutes long if you take out the car chases. <laughs> mm. We listened to Bullet and we reviewed it on our podcast. Yeah, Please go back through our feed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This stars Steve McQueen. It starts Richard Attenborough. Yeah. Oscar yeah. winner for Gandhi. That's right. Who also was in Jurassic Park, who goes, damn. One of the best line readings of all time, as well as welcome to Jurassic Park, of course. Charles Bronson, of course, with a different accent. He always has like a kind of accent in every movie. He does. James, it's weird. Yeah, every accent's a little different, right? I feel like he wouldn't get away with that today. Well, I don't know. James Coburn and, guys, James Garner, who audiences may best know as the old guy in the notebook. That's right. Yeah. James Gardner was a dashing young man who definitely, definitely made his way around town, if you know what I mean, when he was a young striking lad. (laughs) And this is uh, based on a true story. I'm his little black book right now. Based on a true story, yeah, type away, John. Anytime you look anything up, just so you know, the audience knows. Based on the book by Paul Brickhill, screenplay by James Clavel and W.R. Burnett. It's a fantastic movie that was referenced by the character Jack Donahue in 30 Rock. Donaghy. It's been referenced I said it the Irish way. I said it the Irish way. It's about people trying to escape a prisoner of war camp in World War II. The inescapable That's- prisoner of war camp the escape proof okay so dave's yeah. seen this movie a lot so this is part of our should have seen that by now series so let's see if anybody in here has not seen it by now now that we know that lloyd who's lloyd uh lloyd lloyd is uh, actually from australia uh he I'm moved to lloyd. europe uh i'm actually going out for drinks lloyd's in new york this lloyd. Week. so uh yeah <laughs> we're, we're going out for a couple of brews dave's getting pissed with lloyd <laughs> yeah. going out for a couple of bruises thanks for suggesting this movie, for mate. Uh, yeah um one of us is doing a fake accent it's me yeah right <laughs> Well, let's go around it's the horn me, here. Now, no, no, let's just say, just really quickly, anybody listening, definitely no women in this movie. Pretty white, not at but all. It, this yeah. is this is based on a true story. I don't know. I don't know why we love the the World War II, like the U.S. versus the Nazis and stuff. That's just like every movie's about Nazi movies. Did I do my rant on the Nazi movies? Yet? Why don't we like? It? Are you kidding me? Of no, course you, they you fucking like it. Enough, good, good versus evil. America wins. Like what's yeah, not to love? Yeah, come on, dude. It was. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah it was right there. Although in real life, no Americans actually. Well, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's no, the British. Americans did. Yeah, the Americans did not win. 
Uh, All right, so Dave, you've seen this movie. John, have you seen this movie before? I have seen this movie before. I had never seen this movie before. So Lloyd, what'd you think? What'd you think? I think. I've and said why it. had you not seen it before? I think I, I've already talked enough this episode. But we, we always no, do. Why it. haven't you seen it before? Mostly because it's three hours long and it's really old. But um, <laughs> it's Can't just argue it's not, logic like that. <laughs> it's it's not just like it wasn't just like somewhere the, between a one word movie title and three hours is Jeff's sweet, sweet spot. spot. Somewhere there's some, there's somewhere in between those that is just like. That's I'm, the bu- ticket. I'm buzzing <laughs> myself because you're right. Is it thirsty? <laughs> you're right. I need two words to less than three hours. Uh, I don't know. This just this wasn't one of those on TV all the time movies growing up it's for me. Not. Or if it yeah, was, fair. if it was, I was passing over it. But I, I, I also when I was growing up, I was always watching the movies with commercials like Shawshank Redemption. I didn't. If this was on, this was probably on, on HBO. It was probably on. Dude, if you put commercials in this, it's four and a half hours long. You're right. Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. Four and a half. Can you imagine? <laughs> Four and a half. I mean, yeah. It's, it's forever, for sure. But it's it's so good. It's so good. And I was I, I actually was bummed when I started the movie, and it was two hours and 52 minutes, because I kind of started it at night, and I, I sort of planned my night around it. <laughs> and then I realized I was going to be up late. And guys, it was really great. And they did one mm. of my favorite things of all time, which is you introduce your second most important character deeper into the film than you might expect. It's yes. one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite movie devices of all time. If you look at sitcoms, Andy in the office coming in late. If you look at like those kinds of things that happens in sitcoms all the time. I think that works really well in TV in films. I love it as well. It goes, it all goes back to the Iceman comment. They talk about, you know, Dickie or whatever his name is. And he, if it's not Dickie, who gives a shit, but he comes in like an hour into the play. It's a five hour play. But it's like, I, I think yeah, it's such a great we device. Did you to go see that? And we <laughs> both fell asleep. It was a, <laughs> we took turns. It was great. I mean, we, we still each, we still each saw four and a half hours of great theater. It's because, it's because we got drunk. It's because we were drunk before. Guys, we, yeah. Oh man, we both fell asleep. Guys, we left at five. Sure, yeah, we yeah. left at 5 p.m. <laughs> from our apartment in Astoria and we got back at 1am and we didn't even hang with our friend afterwards and it was so funny because we saw Tara afterwards and she was like nobody wants to hang out afterwards because they want to go home and I get it and I'm like yeah yeah, let's ride the train home because we get it's, it's, it's like wanting to hang out with the cast of that- Harry Potter like after the play I actually remember being bummed because it started at 7pm and it ended at 11.57 and I was like give me three more minutes so it can just end at midnight yeah. like give me, give me I want a full five hours Pat it out people <laughs> this is a this is a bam Nathan yeah. Lane Brian Denny John not Dave. much happens <laughs> well that's the point the Iceman doesn't come uh, I, know, I know I know anyway oh no it's like the title well, of this I woke movie up and said, is he still gone all right the Great Escape Dave um what did you Dave you, yeah. you, well, you rewatched this movie for us thank you so yeah, much I, so, I, re- I don't know who recommended well, a three hour no, movie for us I, to rewatch I, but I, it was Lloyd I'll. Don't worry, I'll, no, I'll get. You, I'll, you didn't have to tell us that Lloyd recommended this three. Yeah, Lloyd. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I um, mm. I realized that I'd seen three quarters of this. I've never seen the ending because it's three fucking hours long, and I didn't have the attention span when I was younger. So uh, play, this plays right first, into our narrative. Yeah, this was the uh, the first time I'd sat through. What a damn cast for starters. Yeah. But I, I remember sitting there like, and I was watching it today, and I was like, wow, modern audiences just don't have patience for an overture. Like it starts with the the, the earworm fucking theme song because like I also like when I when I first started working in uh, Queensland, I was working at the Warner Brothers theme park, um, uh. and 
this song, the theme song from this movie, Sorry. was one of the tracks that was on their like ambient music, and I heard it. I want to say fifteen times a day. So I get a little PTSD when I fucking hear this track every time. But like it kicks in, and it's just these wide open fucking Panavision scenes of like, like you know the. Well, Poland, because that's where it was shot. But, uh, and like the tanks driving. Dave talks, John, and I just make noises in the background. Yeah, right. Sorry, Dave. Back to and you. Uh, I was like, wow, yeah, I, I feel like everyone who puts this on now is going to look for the skip intro button and just don't because it ain't fucking coming. You got to sit through that overture. But in saying that, I forgot how funny the, the, like, the first half of this film is. Fucking hilarious, yeah. Fucking hilarious. They're cheeky bastards. Can I can I read it's a joke? Amazing. When, when I thought this was a comedy. That's the perfect word for it, too. Yeah. Can I, when I thought this was a comedy, can I tell you a joke I wrote? And I'm going to tell you right now, this joke did not age well throughout the movie. In the three hours, yes. So this is early on in this movie, I wrote this joke. And it's, I'm t- I'll, rem- I'll remind you that it did not age well in the movie. Okay, you ready? Good thing Eamon Goth isn't running this camp. What? Working on your set, working on your five minutes. <laughs> yeah. During this Whoa. movie, Jeff. Uh, working on the open mic set. Wow. Do you, get, I, do you get it though? I feel I feel like you guys when I make a joke. Um <laughs> so Eamon Goth is uh, from Schindler's List, right? <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yeah. These so guys are Ray escaping. <laughs> These guys are escaping and playing baseball. Like Honestly, Ray Fines yeah. would have so never the weirdest... let that go. But but they All were right, Jews. So, so they were American let's... prisoners of war. So it just caught me off guard because I was like, I guess this is a comedy. And then obviously I know how it ends. Yeah, but... I mean it is a comedy up yeah. to a point. It, again, this is one that has a turn. Um I I would love to watch it again. Uh, I challenge everyone who has seen this to watch it again. Drink every time a Nazi gets punched. Celebrate that shit. It's weird, right? Like, like Yeah. Uh, for uh, John, John, what, what are you looking up? Pre- <laughs> I'm looking up. I'm looking up the uh, the prescript uh, text at the beginning of this movie. It basically says it's based um, on a true story, but it's based on a true story. Composites. The characters, the characters made, composites. in the time, yeah. the characters based on composites, and the time has been compressed. But this is how it actually happened. Yes. It's like the Fargo opening, right? I mean, I, I would straight yeah. up, I'd say I'm not usually a fan of war dramas. It's not my thing. I don't like it. Um, 1917 being an obvious exception because, I mean, you remember our first episode. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen. Um, he really likes Roger Deakins, uh, who yeah. the cinematographer on 1917. He definitely but... contributed to that film. Um, sure. As he does. G'day, Roger. Yeah. You fucking... <laughs> Jesus Christ, John. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Fucking I, word out with you, <laughs> Dave. I'm so sorry on behalf of John. I remember feeling the Wait, same no, way. Wait, no, no, stop, stop, stop. Dave was in the it. middle of a thought. You can't just, you can't just cut him off like that to have this. <laughs> Dave, what but, were you saying? I mean, the funniest thing is, I started watching this, and I got about, I want to say, 25 minutes in, and I was made to pause it because my wife and mother-in-law were like, "We want to watch this with you," Ooh. because they were enjoying it so much and like yeah. obviously my mother was a big fan of this film um and yeah everybody we all sat down and like there was dinner and stuff that happened in between but yeah we all sat down and watched this together and it is kind of the perfect family film because there's like very little violence there's very little like it's it's a little bit sinister but like the violence is 60s violence 
So it's like a gunshot goes off and the guy goes, uh, and falls and rolls and half dies and takes like I love like that three acting. I love it so and, much. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's not much violence. There's almost like I don't think there's any profanity in it at all. So this is this is a no, film. That's not period. Can, yeah. No way. That would have been more perverse than showing somebody get murdered by the Nazis. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we all sat down and watched together tonight. So that was that was my rewatch experience. Tonight. Tonight. Yeah, I had to wait. <laughs> wait tonight hold on it's it's well it's midnight now thanks that's no thanks oh, wow. to me yeah no thanks to me um dave is a dentist appointment in nine hours um wait tonight like you started so, this what at, was your rant about you started this at 5 p.m um some 4 p.m i think it was and then i was made to pause it till 5 p.m and then we watched the rest of it yeah cool i love that yeah and you liked your rewatch you like the ending now that you've seen it i mean the ending's a Half down or half not, like it kind of brings itself back. Like this is one of those ones where it's like, oh, this did not go as well as they anticipated. And like, it, so it brings, like it, it's this whole, it builds you up to like, and you're like, yeah, we're, this is great. They're doing it. It's great. And then you see the consequences of their actions yeah. and it's not good. And, but then it brings it back with like his re-entry into the camp at the end. And it just, yeah, it's it's an all like it's dark, but it's not dark. It's it's a very fine line to tread, and I feel like they trod it so well. That, I love it. Nice. Dude. So I I think that is the the most unique thing about this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, we Jeff and I, I I studied under this acting teacher for a lot longer than he did in New York, but something she used to always talk about is um, when you're kind of beginning your analysis of a script or whatever is what genre is it. Fuck, I am, I am a director yeah. and a writer. Oh, yeah, and fuck did. directors and writers who think that if you can't sense the tone, then you're wrong. That's not how actors, that's not how people who are interpreting text look at things. There are different ways to play things. This movie could have been a sincere, grounded drama, and it would have been an entirely different film and probably would not have been as accessible. It's almost like the starting with a the theme music, which you hear very first, dun-dun, it's in your head now. So go with me here. Tell me if you don't agree with this. This is what I hear every time I see this movie. This is what I think about. It literally thematically, tonally, and Elmer Bernstein with the music made it literal. It's like the song, The Spoonful of Sugar Helps the Medicine Go Down. Yeah. This intense, dramatic material. That mixed with Indian Jones. It's spoonful, but to a much, to a much beat. Yeah. But to a march, but like they're dealing with really intense subject matter. Yes. Really intense. Jeff, I totally agree with you that like the first time you watch it, you're kind of like, is this really how they got treated in prisoner of war camps? Like there's so much, there's so much uh, gen- gentlemanship. There's so many manners and there are so many rules of war and, 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 um, yeah. Know, Remember when they used to have it. rules? Uh, I guess so. I don't even know if it's real. So you kind of have to get past it's that. Half, it's a half buzz. That there's like that they're literally they're literally allowed to convene together as How gentlemen are they allowed and have like to, meetings yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I just don't I mean, know if that's realistic. So just also, push that to the side. For starters, who who gets every escape specialist they've captured and gives them all access to each other's skills? Like if I if that guy that like was fired from it at the end didn't get shot, I'd be very surprised. 
They said they, they, they. Because he, he put literally everyone who's a professional at escaping from camps in this camp. <laughs> Again, if, if the uh, Spielberg Hakes team had directed and produced this movie, it would have been a dark. When Steve McQueen goes to get the baseball, there would have been blood everywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, just fucking yeah. McQueen brains all over the place. And honestly, I think I like this movie a lot. But every time I watch it, I wonder were vets of World War II who were in their 40s and 50s, right in the sweet spot, the prime of their life, totally grounded, hopefully, if they're not dealing with too much trauma, in their new life. And then watching a movie about what they possibly went through, you know, 15, 10, 20 years ago, I wonder sometimes if they felt like this movie takes some of the the seriousness away from it in a negative way. If the answer is no, because I wasn't there, then... I'm totally prepared to have a good time with this because it's very entertaining film. When you're in that situation, I mean, we deal with like things of intense stress. I mean, not concentration camp, fucking intense stress, but like the levity and the the cheekiness and the camaraderie and that sort of thing. That's what gets you through. And they they okay. they, they focused on that. I feel so. My, yeah, my favorite and my favorite storyline that deals with that is Scotsman, the yeah. dude who's in the cooler with McQueen. Yeah, Without course. him without him slowly driving himself nuts to get wire crazy and try to jump for the wire to commit suicide, this movie would not work at all for me without that. It is the thing that holds it all together for me. In term- These people are supposed to have been from prisoner camp yeah. to prison camp to prison camp to prison camp. Some of them have been in camps for most of the war, three, four years. Yeah. And I mean, so I that, needed... I that mean, that was also a necessary device. It kind of went, okay, we've had some fun up until now, but... And that, yeah, that was but, the rug. That was the rug that kind of pulled it out and made it, pulled it back from all the, the fun we've been having. It's, it's like the, the analogy we made before on this show where, like, you turn the disco lights on at the end of the night and it's like, here's the cold, hard truth of, like, what is happening here. But, again, yeah. the, I, I feel like, like, because they did have a lot of consultants on this who had actually been in the war, so. And the tunnel, the tunnel yeah. master, yeah. And, uh, like, just for the, the making of the film as well, like, these guys, so several of the cast had been in different war camps and stuff like True. that. So it was, I, I feel like they had everything they needed to make this what it was. I think, I think this came... And that's why it came across as genuine. I think one thing that's... So this, yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was blown away. I couldn't stop watching. I think that, which, I, I mean, it goes without saying, but, you know... It's a three-hour movie that you're watching by yourself in, in your apartment. You know, it's good to say, like, I was hooked. Um, yeah. The This came out in 1963. I I don't know if we were really accepting the fact. I think the, the idea of the 50s and the great expanse and the suburbs and the American dream, we, all, we know now that it was sort of a lie, or at least it was at least sold to us, like a bill of sale. I don't know if we were ready to really understand. The Schindler's List couldn't have done come out in 1963 there's, there's no way that would it would have been considered torture right and um also this is also a prequel to shawshank redemption i, I mean, have no the, i, the I M- have no idea the mpaa the yeah right the mpaa at that at that point in the 50s would have just banned shindless list outright right i mean i yeah. even think like something like um dr strange though which came out after this i probably maybe only a year after this, right? 64. Mm-hmm. I think that was like satire enough that it was like yeah. at least like cheeky and, and it wasn't as popular as this. This is, this is Steve McQueen. So this was probably the, the biggest or one of the biggest movies of the year. Um, and people just wanted to see the motorcycle chase. They just wanted to see the action and such. I think this was... Um, they make you wait for it, but it's worth it. 
You know when you know Robitussin's better for you, but you take Dimatap because it tastes like grape juice or whatever? I feel like this is the Dimatap to get into it. But at the same time, but but it was it was on purpose. The button right now. It was. (laughs) (laughs) I should I should have thought through that, but it was. I thought this was done exactly right because, I mean, first of all, the you, actual escape plans were done very litigiously. I thought there were, it was very yes. diligent and it was very clear what was happening. The only thing that, that that took me some time to grab my head around was that the British and the Americans were separated, and also the 250. The idea that they wanted to get 250 people out and how ridiculous that was, and yeah. and the whole idea that they weren't going to all go the same route, that we were going to have to scatter and we were going to have to accept the fact that not everybody was going to make it. But our best chance was to scatter like ants. Just just fucking scatter when we get out of here. But we have bus tickets. We have train tickets. We have whatever we need. I don't know what the fuck we have. But we had train tickets for the most part. But you can't all get on the same train. Otherwise, it's 250 people show up with the train. Obviously, that's your screw. Yeah. But um, so I thought that was done really litigiously to the point where it's like, okay, we know we really want to get out. We know we really need to get out. But as far as the violence is concerned, I think if they if they told the story they wanted to tell but censored it would have sucked so by putting that lilt of style or genre on it we, we can call it a satire or whatever we want to call it that little lilt of, of style got over the censors but i think if you really sit there for two hours and 52 minutes especially by the end you understood people weren't fucking yeah. around even though we can watch now and sit there and be like this is in Schindler's List. Well, the funny thing is, I don't every, even want to. Every... I don't want to sound like I was criticizing. I really like this movie, and that it needed to do that to get away with yeah. what the story was trying to tell. So I'm even I'm one of the most one of those is. most famous moments of yeah. it, which is the Steve McQueen motorcycle jump, does not end the way everyone thinks. I know that. Yeah, I that's what bummed. Jack Donaghy ends up talking about. McQueen had only made the jump. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's literally. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the turn of this movie, isn't it? I think the real genius of this movie is that it is an adventure movie. The tone, the music, the aesthetic, the sunshine, everything. It tells you that like they're going to get out of this and they don't. And that's really what is so compelling is that, Dave, I can't imagine. I mean, you were a kid, but if you had been an adult and you had only watched the first you know, two hours ish of this movie and not seen the fact that it doesn't work. That's what's so fucking amazing yeah. about this film. Well, I mean, that the, they made us think that we were going to get out of this, and yeah, the, the, nobody got out of that. The title is a total misdirect, but also, it's like they do redeem it in the end. And like, we haven't turned the spoiler alert on. I don't think we need to. This was made in the sixties, but like, yeah. sit down and watch this film, <laughs> Sorry, and then folks. listen to this uh, discussion. But basically, it's like you you get the escape, and then you get everyone trying to get out of the country or get to where they're going. Literally, I, I think two of them make it, give or take. Is it Bronson and the other guy? Do they make it? I, um, I don't know. What, I can't they get on the rowboat. Yeah, yeah. And the rowboat ro- makes The rowboaters. They yeah. both did, yeah. Um, and they get on the ship, yeah. the cargo ship. I think but they make it ever, Like, But then they, get, they go back to the camp and they get the word that 50 of them are shot. But then the, one of the main instigators turns up back at the camp and he basically gets this parade through the thing and he ends up back in the cell where he started and you get that whole rinse and repeat thing it's like yeah they're gonna do this again i mean they're gonna think of a different way for he sure. had already done it 
He had already done 17 it times. Dude, times, like right? the yeah, movie, yeah. when it first starts, you get like the parade, all the passengers get off the trucks into the camp. The commandant, like cuts to the commandant talking about his wishes of he just wants to ride the war out running this camp and he doesn't want any trouble. And in, while that speech is happening, there's four fucking escape attempts happening. I know. Is that so funny? It's, it's hilarious. I think with, with one thing that's interesting too, there's, there's so many things that are interesting about this, but um, it's interesting that, they they set it up that there's no way that this isn't going to work. I think yeah. that's that that goes to the style too with with Jean what you're saying with back to what you say. And Dave, back to you not finishing it. I bet you baby Dave was like, how are they not going to figure this out? They are bracing a tunnel. Yeah. Like how are they not going to get this? How are they not going to get this get out of this? They found the lumber, they figured it out. I don't know how those people are sleeping at night. It doesn't really matter. Obviously there's yep. some liberties taken, but like well, no, they, they said three they different shift tunnels. The, they were going to shift the bodies around the the other like they had the whole thing planned. Everything was covered. There and were it's no potholes in this. The great escape. Right. Well, so I think the I think the one thing the one thing I know and that's it and that's the best part about this movie I mean, is especially for 1963, I didn't think they did things like that where the title was to throw you off. I didn't well, think the title would throw it, you it off. It kind of wasn't because they they said that like the whole thing was time compressed. Those guys were out in the country fucking with the Germans for months. Like they weren't there. It wasn't like five minutes. They were drawing resources away for like weeks and months. This happened, in, this, happened in, this happened in 1944, by the way. So there was still at least a year before D-Day. So yeah, I mean, if they wanted to wait it out, they this could movie, have waited another year. It was like, how could they- interesting if it was just called Escape. Uh, yes. No. No. It wouldn't uh, have. Yes. No. Yes, it would have. <laughs> if it was just called Escape, this movie would be full of shit. That's what I think. <laughs> Right, let's talk about. You should not bitch. drunk drive the buttons. <laughs> You're right. I'll stay away from the wheel. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the performances. Attenborough is magnificent. Yes, He's, that's what they I bring think. him in late. They bring him in late. He's already kind of built up a little bit of mythology around well, late him. Late for a they, normal movie, but they probably him. brought him in like forty minutes into this. But yeah, yeah early for Rocky. <laughs> sure, sure. And he just delivers, you know, he's just, he's the brains. He's, it's so, it's just so grounded. And honestly, I just don't think I've seen enough of his work from that period before he started directing and doing some other things. And I don't know, this is just, um, well, you know, what? The casting we, is such we a, have this whole new segment called what else is they have they done that we could, we could maybe watch some. I of didn't know films. we could do that for actors. I thought it was just going to be do, for directors. No, we could do that for actors. Well, it's but what's what's great, about, baby? Yeah. But what's great about Attenborough? Too, and again, this is—I I really think this is ahead of its. I think I think this is ahead of its time for 1963. Is you have somebody who only does what we, as the audience, would consider to be good and right. He leads this thing. He has somehow convinced, mostly off-screen, everybody on the camp to unify on things so mundane as. I want you to be as interested as possible about ornithology, right? Bird watching, so that we can get them, we can get the Germans so bored about our love for ornithology that they'll leave us alone and then we'll flip it and talk about this. So I, we have to believe that Richard Attenborough was in charge of this. Like he actually convinced everybody, because this was his 17th attempt and the Gestapo was looking for him, that he understood this about him. And at the same time, he was the one who told. Um, don't tell me stop, stop, stop. 
um, Blythe. No, that's not that's not what they called him. Donald Blythe, the, the blind guy. They told him he was the one that said, "You're blind. You can't come." Yeah. And that was I wouldn't call that a flaw, but that's definitely not something that we would root. We're, we're rooting against Richard Attenborough in that scene. And yes. I just don't remember seeing those kinds of things in the early 60s where somebody that you're rooting for wholeheartedly, you put him in a situation where the audience is not rooting against him. And yet we're still rooting for him, just not in this one particular thing. That's real nuance that I don't was, remember seeing. It was for movies very complex. Yeah. Would you would you agree with that? In I mean, his uh, in his. His death, I mean, you know, no spoilers here. Oh, yeah, no spoilers. Just the fact that his... <laughs> Let's talk about his death five minutes before the end of the film, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, well, fuck the spoilers. The fact that it's a character that seems to be... It's almost like the the, the shallow water of defining his character would be hopeful and optimistic, because he's not. He's a pragmatist, and he's a... He's meticulous, yeah. and he's, his duty and that's is why to get them out of there. And that's why we're rooting for him, because we so, think he's the best chance of them getting out. Right. So in that scene with the blind man, Blythe, isn't that Blythe? It is Blythe, Ives? but I thought he had a Can't different... Remember. No, I, Ives is the Scotsman who's losing it. So in, I think that scene is such a good setup, because for me, it's like he's teeing it up for a big drive. We're on the golf. We're in the golf course analogy here, folks. Go with me. You're in that scene, and you think like oh something is about to happen. Like oh, I don't know how I feel about him now, and it ends up ending with him being like, "Okay, he's your responsibility, James Garner. Take him, and good luck to you." But you know, it's on you because we're scattering. Um, the next time you really hear him talk in a outside of like the tension of the escape is when they're about to get executed. He doesn't even know it. And he kind of does, it's his final real statement. And he kind of does for a moment sound like the essential pragmatist. He's literally kind of like, I'm really proud of us. I think we did a good job. Uh, to come to think of it, because of the work we've done, I've never been happier than I am right now. Bang. Yeah. And it's just like, there's such a lovely yeah. symmetry to the way he comes in. As somebody who you think like, no way this guy is going to, be everything they say he is yep from the moment he hits the ground we're having a meeting tonight we're going to start these plans and he's that same person all the way up to the end which in some ways i'm just as an actor when you're reading that on the page you might think where's this guy's arc like what is his character like going through what are his obstacles and honestly that's kind of the brilliance of this film for me is that a lot of these characters don't have an enormous arc mcqueen i think probably has the strongest one bronson has his you know, they they throw it in there at the very end. Yeah. Oh, you're scared of tunnels. Nobody thought you were scared yeah, of tunnels despite, until you told us you were scared of tunnels. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. a little Hollywoody, Hollywoody, <laughs> but sure. Yeah, you kind of just got there. But there's something about Attenborough's performance that makes that work. And without that, I don't know. I don't even know if they, if it read that well. That's what I always think about when I'm when I'm trying to me- like imagine like reading the school. script to this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I can't help but think about the way these things are written. I don't know if that character popped the way that it did without his performance. There's yeah, something yeah. really charming that he brought to it. And he brought a little bit of, he brought some kind of desperation towards the very end when he was actually concerned that they had gone 20 feet short and that they were still, like, there's almost a lunacy to him when they're 20 feet short and he says, we got to go for it. We just have to try it anyway. Yeah, yeah. The pragmatist is like kind of somewhere in the and of past course, now. If you want to sit there and be like, how are they 20 feet short? It's like they were measuring with ro- with twine, and they yeah. they couldn't leave the site. It was all they were guessing, and it, it makes sense in hindsight. Even though when that happens in the movie, you have to be bummed and be like, "How'd they fuck it up?" 
So I think Richard Attenborough was John and my favorite character. Dave, who is your favorite character in this? Same, film? I think. Although my, I think my favorite line um, happens earlier on when the 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 German guards bust in. They're like, "What are you doing? This isn't your cabin." He's like, "I'm taking a shower," and he turns to Charles the guy Bronson. next to him. Yeah, and he's like, "What are you, What are you doing here?" He's like, "I'm watching him. I'm a lifeguard." Oh, that is funny. Yeah, that I guffawed out loud. Even though I like I on some level I knew it was coming, but I fucking go forward out loud on my that, couch. Was that was that um Coburn who, who Joe Garner? No, it wasn't Garner. Who said that that I'm the lifeguard? I thought it was Garner. It was yeah. Garner. Garner had oh, a lot they just, of they just, they just gave him that line because that's not yeah, that's not like his character. But, there was yeah. a, well, I feel thing. like I said that term in the previous episode, but there was when he was seducing. That's the word. But he, he did was it. But that was that, that was really guard. that yeah. was really clever. And I love that the the German guard did a really good job of like looking out the window to be like, you're right. It would look peculiar if we were like scrounging around the room together. Yeah, you're right. It's also fun, like you know, kind of the oceans, the oceans movies kind of thing, like. Just seeing them step by step, plan it out, execute it. Yeah, Soderbergh, man, yeah. really came it, through. It is believable. Like it, it really, it, it's it doesn't seem far fetched. Like, and it helps, of course, to say that I'm sure that people recounted and consulted and said, "Yes, we did this kind of thing. It really happened." But mm. it's just, it is kind of there's a there's a there's an interpretive like kind of remarkable aspect as an audience member when you're watching this. That holy fucking shit, they did that. Yeah, right. That's the 17th time yes. he did that. How many times? Crazy. Guys, you are very well aware that Richard Attenborough and David Attenborough were siblings, right? Like they sound so much alike. When he's literally sitting there and he's explaining like their route, I literally hear the planet Earth guy be like, here comes the lanternfly coming to eat all of your trees in New York City. Please do kill his them. voice though. Wait, do, like, do, your, yes. do your impression. Do your impression. Damn. Come on. Give me your... I, no, I lost that. I lost that. I, I already did it. I already did it. <laughs> Every time I watch a World War II movie, every time I watch one, I always just think to myself, our grandfathers must think we are pussies, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> why we, we, the things that we complain about. Honestly, I just... I don't know. I read Justin to be fucking of... tooth this week, so, you know. <laughs> that is true. I can't yeah. buzz you because it's yeah, good. That's good wrong. shit that you did. Uh, there's so much good shit there. So this is three hours, so... I love that the 4th of July scene. So this is where, so for me, when they were like, we want to get 250 people out, I was like, oh, here it comes, Hollywood. I saw like 30 extras so far. How amazing was that 4th of July scene where you just see hundreds of people like show up and they're all like drinking the fucking moonshine. Dave, what was was the best moonshine you've ever drunk in your life? (laughs) When they had that moonshine, did you think they're either going to get syphilis, they're going to go impotent, or they're going to die? Tell me you didn't think that for a second. Oh, I stay away from the moonshine, man. Who knows what the fuck's in that? Exactly. But they, at the time, were like, well, we might die anyway. Well, I mean, beggars can't be choosers. You're in a camp. You you make do with what you got. Dave, what's your favorite? I thought maybe that was why Blythe went blind. I I once had ice cream and rum for breakfast, because that was what we had. Guys, you know what my favorite line in this movie was? As I'm sure you'll all remember, this is the voice of the Nellie's Warbler. This guy does a bird call forever, and then he goes, as you guys know, this is the voice of the Nellie's Warbler. And all of these people just like jot down, like, well, what are they, what are they possibly what are they possibly taking notes on on this guy that's like talking about bird calls? Literally, the the, the Nazi just goes, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And yep. those Nazi, those German accents were terrible across the board, by the way. Um, there was like one or two that were definitely German, and then there were there were a couple that were 
I mean, I don't think in 1963 you were really getting a lot of Germans to be like, I could be a Nazi. Like, I think there were definitely a lot of Americans yeah. that were it, it hacking wasn't away at that it wasn't German until the accent. early 2000s people started going, yeah, I could be a Nazi. But there were two. There was at least maybe maybe like the big guy that confronts Richard Attenborough later when he catches him where you're like, oh, that's a real one. <laughs> that one's good. That guy, yeah. that guy that was, was fucking huge. Yeah. He just had to say his lines in that proper accent and be bigger and than I'm Richard Pretty sure someone coached him on how to say that. Like, no acting required. That the, had a very, coach, that had a very the, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I haven't learned English feel yet. To this it. is a great coach. The coach's job yeah. says stop acting. <laughs> what? Just say the lines. Imagine we're playing baseball and just say the lines. Done. You've did it. We're terrified of you for the rest of time now. Like don't and please don't act. Because then like he the, was opposite. That the uh the Scottish guy at first, that guy was like fucking what do you say? He was a jockey, he was like five yeah. three, five yeah, four. Which is how it should be, yeah. And that's why Steve McQueen was like huh. Unreal, dude. But there were but but yeah, there were a couple like in the office where I was like, I don't know if they're which actually this plays into the movie. I don't know if you're faking the German accent or if you're a German officer. Because you know, they're like kind of try I, I love those scenes where they're like testing each other and and, and as the audience, it's very Tom Stoppard. It's like I didn't know who was you know and it seems so obvious now people who've seen this movie a million times obviously know this mm. but i didn't know it was almost like a show within a show i was like are they in are they in it or not they're not spoon feeding this to me so i don't know if they're really going through it or if they're pretending to go through it but there were a couple of the german officers where i was like are they passing the test oh no they're really nazis <laughs> like there are a couple of those really <laughs> but that plays to the, but again anyway. this plays with the tone the tone covered all yeah. of that so it was all good so I think the general gist is you should give this a look. It's on HBO Max. I think yeah, that's I it think is that's on it. HBO Max. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those where like uh I think we I think we stumble upon this quite a bit whenever we're talking mm-hmm. about movies. If it's not um whenever there are tones of adventure and it's not super dramatic and they're deconstructing these major themes like we talked about on our previous episode, it's kind of I feel like it's easier to say like I like it or I didn't like it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's there's a, there's yeah. a simplicity to the way it's presented, and th- this is why it's so palatable. I think this is a very difficult movie to not enjoy watching. If you can handle three hours of movie, it's very entertaining. It's easy to watch. Um, it's so I feel like there's, if you have taken a chance hooked. on a movie from the mm. '60s, yeah, just just press play. I think you're probably going to be there's a reason entertained this is a classic, immediately. Yeah. yeah. It's very charming. It's a charming film. Also, it's it's such a bummer that Steve McQueen tried the bite the motorcycle jump and then he crashed. And so they had a get they had his friend do it, who ended up becoming his double in Dave. Did you look this up? No. His motorcycle double in Bullet is also the same guy that did this stunt. Ah. Bullet was five years later in 1968. We talked about that on the Love of Cinema podcast. Um, I love, really quick, I love the first time that the workers that like, go to work and they go like, and they're whistling. I was like, this is definitely a hi-ho, hi-ho. They're off to work. We Jeff, go, for Jeff sure. just pitched our podcast in the third person. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I love the guy who says, can you please ask for milk? A tea without milk is uncivilized. They're in a prisoner of war camp. They should be happy they're not shitting in a ditch. And here they are. They're like, I need, we need, chicken and tea. It's so British. It's obviously an American writing um, for British people. And wait, this is going to be a gripe of mine. This, like, if I run out of ideas, I'm going to do this gripe. But I, in this movie, it's they do it correctly, which is Richard Attenborough. They say, you've been in a prisoner of war for three, almost four years. And he goes, Three years, seven months, and uh, I don't know, approximately two weeks or so. 
I hate in movies where people give like down to the second and I'm like, nobody's staring at a clock. All right. They're all yeah. guessing a little bit. I hate with like three, seven minutes and 14 seconds. Shut the fuck up. Like, come on. It's like, it's, uh, it's like four months in a couple of days. I love that Richard Attenborough gets that. And I love it because it predates the American involvement in the war. So he's literally been a prisoner of war since before the Americans even showed up. I'm gushing people, bring it on. <laughs> Go see Richard Attenborough, brother of the planet Earth guy in the greatest gate. Brother of the planet. <laughs> Jesus. All right, I think we should wrap this up at this point. It's going on long for me. All right, that was great. Let's make our great escape into what you've been watching. David. David. We always start with you, Dave. Well, actually, at this point, it's not what I've been watching. It's what me and my wife have been watching. Because Ooh. this week, I oh, showed my wife uh, everything. Are you blaming ever... her for what you watched? Or no, what? Well, I showed her movies we've covered on the podcast. So we finally watched everything, everywhere, all at once. And? And she oh, fucking yeah. loved it. And I loved it again, oh, cool. all over again. Um, and, like, I've watched it twice now. And, like, I own it now because I bought it. And it is... There is still nothing I can find wrong with that film. A little bit of a humble brag there, a little flex. Mm. Yeah, and, go uh, ahead and support your yeah, filmmakers, yeah. the Daniels. Yeah. Um, and, uh, is that your we, cock or your then, arm? Then, then <laughs> I'll leave you to judge. We said cock two episodes <laughs> in a row now. <laughs> God, that that Korean film fucked with us. Um, anyway, uh, and uh, then I also showed her. It was Morbin time at our house. I showed a Morbius on Netflix. It's now dropped on Netflix, people. Oh, you watched it again? You watched we, the whole I, thing I, again? I did. I did. <laughs> and my wife watched it. And, and then she divorced you. And, <laughs> yeah, what is she? Well, I mean, the lawyers are still talking, but it was, it, sure. was, it was touch and go there for a while. She was fucking furious by the end of that movie. <laughs> of course. She was like, why did you do that to me? Did you think that was going to be yeah. funny? <laughs> why did you show that to me? And then, like, I explained the after credit scene because I had to because it was such a fucking shit. And... Uh, yeah, she was even more angry, and it was yeah, yeah. It does. It, Morbius does not get better on the rewatch. Yeah. I'm shocked. Shocked. Yeah. Jinx. All right, John, go ahead. All right, I watched. Um, I have been meaning to watch this movie for so 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 long. It what came out in 1969. It won the 1970. It won best foreign film and best editing. It's called Z. Just the yeah, letter Z, us, yeah. uh-huh. directed by Vasilis Vasilikos. Um, crazy, 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 accurate story told from, uh, I think it's produced, they're all speaking French. So I would imagine that it was a French production. <laughs> I hope so. But it's about the story of Greece uh, and the overthrow, the attempted overthrow of their government by a peaceful movement, which spawned an assassination, which is in the, the given circumstances. So it's all about this character who was leading a democratic, some thought it was a communist movement. He was trying to just turn the militaristic government away from it. It's about his killing and the aftermath. After the assassination, it was really, really, really good. I can't huh. recommend it enough. I hope the overthrow of Greece um, by a fr- in French language was a French film. <laughs> I really hope, I really hope like the Saudis didn't sit there and be like, let's make a French film about the Orthodox. Well, honestly, it was kind of refreshing because I was like, I guess this is what the rest of the world feels like when they watch anything in the English language that's yeah. set somewhere else. Because we, we do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. How accurate just, are we? we you know? that's the fair. fucking British will tell a story in any other, any other country and just do a British accent with English. And they'll be like, oh, that's what colonial France sounded like. They had fucking like British well, accents. So no, honestly, it was we, kind of refreshing. We, 
I, I, I it actually didn't, it didn't bother me at all. In that vein, I popped my American culture cherry, and <coughs> uh, me and my wife went to Medieval Times this weekend for a birthday celebration. Medieval Times, right? And the <laughs> the I queen. I love Medieval Times. I went there when I was in like, third grade. The, sure. It's all set in like Spanish Europe. Yeah, but everyone has a British accent. <laughs> Everyone, yes, that's what What I'm talking about. So, um, look, maybe I missed something, but I'm pretty sure I didn't hear any fucking Greek. They do it on purpose. The opening of this movie basically says, if you think that these are coincidental circumstances, they are not. They are intended to be exactly what happened. Like, so it just punches you in the face from the get go. This fucking happened. Can't recommend it enough. It's on the Mm. Criterion right now, and I think it's on HBO. Give it a watch, folks. Give it a watch. I should say really quick, it's funny in our Great Escape episode, we didn't really talk about Steve McQueen a lot. And he's definitely like the star of this movie who got it made. And sure. he was the yeah. coolest person the on the, the fucking McQueen. planet. And we sat here and we were like, it was cool. But like, yeah. I, there were people David that saw this. I'm pretty sure they put him on a motorcycle like he was in fucking Shane or something. I think they put him on a motorcycle and they were like, you know what? Like, we just want to sell this movie. Jeff, what'd you fucking watch? <laughs> Well, I talked about my TV shows on last week. So I, I watched, I started Predator 2, but I haven't finished it. And it's not my fault. I've seen a lot of shit. I watched Predator 2. I forgot to mention that. I found, Dave, I watched it. Yeah. Shit happens. You mentioned, you mentioned, <laughs> Is no, that what you're talking about? It's no. really funny. I can't it's wait. It's the, all right, who's next? Okay. All right, who's next? Best end of fight quip ever in the history of film. I rewatched I rewatched Gladiator and I saw World War Z for the first time. I had COVID, oh. so I was like, I need to catch the up. It's un- uncut movies, edition so. or the censored one. There's an uncut. Yeah, I, just, I only saw the I theatrical. Just, I just pushed play. I didn't know if it was circumcised cool. or not. So like, All right. I, I cool. don't know. I, What'd you think, dude? Which one? Well, Gladiator was great. What'd you think? Did you I'm, like I'm, it? I'm with Mark in that Gladiator probably didn't age as well as I thought it would, but it's the the action scenes are great. There's just two of them, three of them. So uh, the other scenes are good, but like Commodus and his sister after a while, I was like, give me some more characters. I could use some more. So when he yeah. asked, are you not entertained? That was great. It was great. No, that was great. But I mean, there's other stuff where it's like a series would have given me more. Um, it's, but it's good. I still it's good. don't know if I could describe to you like the end of the second act of Gladiator, like into the breakout scene. I still don't know if I can tell you what happens between are you not entertained? Every time I try to recall well, what happens Well, then there's some plot where he tries, right he tries to plot and then, it, and then it gets discovered, but then it does, sort of does him, and then he still lives. And yeah. that is, anyway, it gets a little confusing there. Uh, and then World War Z, I, I, I really, I really liked. I was surprised. Mm. It was... Yeah, it's cool, right? It's obviously allegory, but it's, it's done very realistically. And it's cool that Brad Pitt did that movie. It's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's... It was one of Plan B's first major productions. This one he produced. He was having he was having fun, but it wasn't like a, yeah. it wasn't like ha 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 fun. Like no, it was, it was yeah, it was a little bit of work. But so yeah, I, I was I was totally into it for sure. Cool. Yeah, cool. Liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. All right, thank you everybody for listening to our episode on the Great Escape. Anything else you want to say before we send our fans on their way? Nope. I gotta pee. See you, film fans. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>